Blog Talk Radio. show last night for WWE's TLC, and we're back tonight, give you some reaction, and still talking about all things in the wonderful world of professional wrestling. How y'all doing tonight? I am Ken Reedy, your host tonight, and we're going to be talking all things wrestling. Go over there, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. If you're a Twitter type, you like the tweeting, Head on over to Twitter. Our handle is at the Ken Reedy Show, or you can head over to our website, thekenreedyshow.com. We got blogs. Tony, our expert blogger, over there giving us uh, blogs on on Raw, SmackDown, Impact. So great, comprehensive uh, review of all the shows. So go over to the website, check out our blogs. We got other stuff over there on the on the uh, website. So be sure to check that out. You want to get over to our Facebook page. ASAP because you got to get your votes in next week our Monday night show we're going to go a full two hours and it's our special end of the year show it's going to be our last show for a while we're going on hiatus in January so we're going to be giving out some end of the year awards some awards Dave and I are going to decide but most of them mostly real important ones you guys decide so you got opinions I know you do you love pro wrestling get on the Facebook, get a hold of the ballot, and get your votes in. We're going to close the voting uh, tonight at midnight. The voting will be closed. We'll count up all the votes, and hopefully we can get some guests on to accept the award. So get on our Facebook, get your ballot in, and that'll be next week, next Monday from 6 to 8 p.m., the Ken Reedy Show end-of-year award show. Looking forward to that. Before we go any further, we got to bring on my co-host, my tag team partner, Dave is on the line. Dave, how are you doing this fine Monday evening? Well, on this fine Monday evening, it may be politically incorrect for me to do this, but I am going to double dip my chip on some pro wrestling talk here tonight. Other than that, I'm doing very well. Glad to hear it. Double dipping we shall. And before we get into all the news and stuff going on, again, get over to the Facebook. Get your ballots in. Have your voice heard. We want to hear from you on these end-of-year awards. I'm going to go over the nominees that you can vote on right now, so get your ballots in. The nominees, first off, category, Independent Promotion of the Year, 
H-O-H-B-W-O-C-T-W-E, Independent Wrestler of the Year, Preacher, Steve Off, and Ray Ray Mars. Female of the Year, Brie Bella, Gail Kim, and A.J. Lee. Pay-Per-View of the Year, WrestleMania 29, SummerSlam, and Money in the Bank. Match of the Year, Cena versus CM Punk, Monday Night Raw from February Gail Kim versus Taryn Terrell, last knockout standing. Necro Butcher versus New Jack, PWS, WrestleMania weekend. Triple H versus Brock Lesnar from WrestleMania 29. Those are your match of the year nominees. Manager of the year, Paul Heyman, Zeb Coulter, and Mike Ferrara up for manager of the year. Tag team of the year, Young Bucks, Goldust and Cody, Rollins and Reigns, and Kaz and Christopher Daniels, and the very important wrestler of the year, Daniel Bryant, Bully Ray, Randy Orton, CM Punk. There you have it. Those are the nominees for our end-of-the-year awards. I'm going to tell you guys right now, you'd be surprised at some of the results so far. There are some blowouts. There are some races that are still very, very tight. Be sure to get your votes in. If you have strong opinions, Start campaigning. Send the ballots around by all means. Copy and paste it. Send it to your friends. But the votes need to be in by the end of this evening, by midnight tonight. We'll tally up the votes and get the awards going. So looking forward to getting that underway next week. Lots of interesting stuff. And we're going to get into TLC, a very important pay-per-view as far as the landscape of the WWE. we got Monday Night Raw tonight. We're going to get into all that stuff a little later on. But a really important event today, um, you know, as we start to worry, wonder, AJ Styles, could he be back in TNA? Uh, what is his status? Could it be a work? Is it for real? What's going on? AJ Styles released a statement today, and uh, I'm going to read it for you right now, because uh, to me it's a real important news as far as uh, pro wrestling. AJ Styles, one of those guys, you know, synonymous with TNA, uh, TNA homegrown talent. And here's what AJ Styles said, my statement on TNA contract negotiations today. For the first time in 11 years, AJ Styles awakes to find himself without a professional wrestling contract. I can't help but think, how did I get here? What must I have done wrong? Did I not deliver in the ring, etc.? All of those things are pertinent questions that any man or woman who finds himself or herself unemployed would ask. I've always prided myself in being the wrestler that stays away from the things in this business that can easily destroy myself, my family, my marriage, and even my career. A wrestler goes above and beyond to give fans what they paid to see. I move forward, not bitter, but better for the blessings and memories that I have been a part of since TNA's inception. When this contract negotiation journey started several months ago, my wife and I began praying for God to close doors that needed to be closed and to open doors that he wanted us to walk through. We asked him to prepare us for this journey and to help us to have faith to be obedient to what he would have us do. I am assured by the name Emmanuel in Matthew 1.23 that I will never be alone. Hebrews 13.5 says, he will never leave us or forsake us. There is a lot in this world that I am unsure of, especially at this moment. But there is one thing that I am certain. Contracts may expire, but the promise of Emmanuel will never expire. As my family and I move forward with our wrestling career, with my wrestling career, 
We will turn to Jabez's prayer found <coughs> excuse me, found in one Chronicles four ten. All that you have blessed me indeed and enlarged my territory, that your hand would would be with me and that you would keep me from evil. My family and I are both grateful for the platform that TNA has allowed me to experience. TNA has been a blessing to our family for so many years. We have made friendships and many more memories. While you may not be seeing AJ Styles in TNA, you can be sure that he will be traveling the world and delivering many more phenomenal matches. Visit AJStyles.org for the complete list of bookings. Sincerely, AJ Styles P1. So, Dave, at this point, a guy very important as far as the landscape of TNA looks like he, he's done. Yeah, um, it's a sad day for the, uh, the the hardcore diehard TNA wrestling fans, uh, you know, because he was the he was the face of that company. He was their their homegrown talent. You know, when TNA first started, they had a mixture of young talent, but also some some guys that were you know former WCW, WWE, ECW talent that. Um, weren't in the uh in the mainstream wrestling landscape and some of them got an opportunity but they they in the beginning they thought real smart we need to you know make some talent of our own and aj was the first guy aj had been there since the very first show aj was the very first x division champion the first tna triple crown winner winning uh the x division the heavyweight and the uh the tag team titles at, um on multiple occasions um to me it's a shame that they couldn't agree to something because he was the guy that had been there through it all. I mean, like like I said last week, he wrestled for that company when they didn't even have a TV deal. Um, when they were when they were broadcasting their shows on the TNA Wrestling website until they got the spike. I mean, he was with them through thick and thin, and it's a shame that they couldn't agree to money. But the the word around the locker room that I've been hearing is that. If the company wouldn't budge on giving AJ Styles more money, there's a lot of contracts up for renegotiation um, going into next year, and you wouldn't. Don't be surprised if a lot of talent in TNA have to take pay cuts um, because TNA has really been restructuring their finances as of late, as we've talked about over the past several months um, here on the Ken Reedy Show. But it's a sad day. I mean, I, I mean, he said he's going to travel around the world. He's popular. He's got a name. He was the, literally the face of TNA for a long period of time. And um, I think, uh, you know, he's uh, – He'll do all right. I mean, I could see him going to Japan for a while, to Mexico. Um, I could see him going to Ring of Honor. He'll definitely make the rounds on the indie scene. In fact, he's got history in Ring of Honor. He's he, he was one of the very first guys to wrestle for that organization, and that's how TNA took a look at him was through Ring of Honor. So AJ Styles, I think he'll do just fine. As far as WWE goes, I don't think that he would – I don't think he'd fit there. He's a different kind of wrestler than, than most of those than, than most of the talent there. I mean, WWE has picked up a lot of indie talent over the past few years, but they're really keen on their performance center and building the talent from within as opposed to bringing somebody from the outside. And, and you know, Ken, you and I talked about it on our in our pre-show meeting, but AJ Styles would get sent to developmental and probably be put down there for a while. I think he'd be another one of those uh, Chris Hero kind of uh, situations where he's uh, – you know, he's in developmental for a while. I'm not sure what to do. He doesn't have that kind of look. I just think it would be an uphill battle for him if he went to the WWE. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's interesting. You know, I think he can be very successful on the independent scene. Uh, you know, he's, he's obviously still has, 
he still has it. I mean, he's got it. You know, he's he's going to put on uh, five star matches. Um, it, it's you know, it's it's. I guess it's one of those things where you got to kind of look at it and you know what? Who's affected worse by this? Is this worse for AJ or is it worse for TNA? Because I, I do think that you know it, it's a tough blow for TNA. I mean, it, it, you know, it's he's their guy. You know, he's their homegrown talent. You know. Using analogy in in other sports, you know, when you're, you know, try, all right, the Yankees. It, it's like it, the Yankees decided, you know, we're just going to let Derek Jeter go. You know, it, it's he's been their guy. He's been their their you know MVP player, the 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 guy that really you know stuck with TNA franchise. Uh, yeah, so I I do think that you know this might be a case where I I think AJ's going to do all right for himself uh, out there on the indie scene. Um, We've seen a lot of guys who have built their names uh, on TV go out and have very successful uh, independent careers. Uh, a guy like Matt Hardy jumps to mind. Uh, you know, he's had a, a very successful year out on the indie scene. Um, I think this is one of those things that when I look at the two, you know, who is this uh, worse for? I think this is worse for TNA. I agree. I don't see the WWE uh, taking a, a chance with him. If, if they do, they're probably going to lowball him. And like you said, he goes to developmental. I, I don't know, you know, how exactly he'd be used in the WWE. I, I think going out there on the indie scene and being the phenomenal one uh, is, is where AJ should be. But I, I think negatively speaking, I think this affects TNA more than it affects AJ. Yeah, absolutely, because TNA was brand, you know, you branded TNA as a whole as a company that was total nonstop action wrestling, and it was different. It's changed over the years, obviously, but you always associate TNA with um, AJ Styles. You know, who's there? Like, you associate WWE with John Cena. I mean, granted, there are two worlds, you know, completely different, but that's what you associate TNA with, was the first name was AJ Styles. I mean, who are they going to brand as their face of their company now? I mean, I hate to see use that term because it gets thrown a lot around a lot on WWE television, but who's going to be the face of their company now? And... You know, like I said earlier, a lot of guys might have to take pay cuts when it comes to restructuring contract negotiations, you know, coming up in the new year. Who's to say that some of these guys might even stick around? And, you know, AJ's got a lot of friends over in TNA. We're talking guys like Kaz and Daniels, who you mentioned earlier, who's up for Tag Team of the Year. They're very close to them. Samoa Joe, a lot of these names, they might, you know, they, they, they might see the writing on the wall and say, okay, well, if they're not going to do that for the for the face of their company, then... And we've worked hard to get them to where they are currently. So maybe it's time that we move on in our careers and go somewhere else. So this might this this might trickle down for TNA in terms of the talent, or it might leave some some openings for for guys to to excel and to shine. I mean, I mentioned earlier Ring of Honor. I think Ring of Honor could use a shot in the arm, and and. A group like that with AJ Styles, who was associated with TNA for a long period of time and being on TV, and and he's got a history with them. I think that would help them greatly if he were to if he were to be a part of their organization, and it would bring some buzz. And even some TNA fans who don't really know about Ring of Honor that that get Ring of Honor in their market in their television market might go over to watch Ring of Honor TV if AJ Styles were to be signed. And Ring of Honor always has that. They kind of have that cult-like following, kind of like what ECW did, where at any of their big internet pay-per-views, they always try to uh, bring you a surprise. I wouldn't be surprised 
within the next you know month or so, if we get an AJ Styles appearance at a Ring of Honor show as a surprise for, for, for their audience, and then maybe that builds on to eventually a working relationship between the two going forward. That wouldn't surprise me at all, and I agree with you. I think that's something that would be mutually beneficial for both AJ and Ring of Honor. Uh, it totally works, and, and it would give Ring of Honor a, a little more of a buzz. Uh, maybe it brings some eyeballs over there. And, and, and I, I think, it, you know, we're talking, you know, we talk about a buzz, and we're talking about the name AJ and what the name AJ Styles can, can bring to, to independent promotions, to Japan, to Ring of Honor, uh, wherever he winds up going, but... I, I I think that like even though he's he's up there you know he's you know he's uh, late thirties, um, but it can't be lost that this guy can still go, and name recognition aside, and I think that's going to help obviously smaller indie promotions and ROH you know bringing a guy like AJ Styles is definitely going to help put eyeballs there, but also he's a guy who's going to come in and deliver if ROH brings him in. He's going to give you a tremendous match. You know, he's one of those guys that, you know, he's almost incapable of having a bad match. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's a guy that, that could probably work, you know, go to different independent promotions, work people's champions, uh, give you solid main event matches. So uh, there's a lot that AJ can do. But aside from the name, Dave, I mean, this guy can still give you five-star matches night in and night out, and that might be uh, the biggest spot where his value is. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be a huge selling point is, you know, I mean, when you call yourself the phenomenal one, you got to go out and you got to deliver on that name. Otherwise, the gimmick's over, you know, move on to something else. And um, I think – him working with a lot of it's gonna it's gonna be beneficial to other talent too other talent that's trying to make it on the TV. I mean, who knows? AJ Styles might work with you know an Anthony Neese and you know Pro Wrestling Syndicate, uh, PWS, and that match could be something talked about you know on the internet for years to come if that were to happen, and it could get Anthony Neese a job maybe in WWE or in TNA or maybe WWE sees it and they might pick up AJ Styles or whatever. It's gonna be beneficial for like I, like you said the indie promotions. And more importantly for AJ Styles, but it all depends on the talent that he's going to be working with. But, you know, there are plenty of names, like you said, Matt Hardy is one of them, but MVP, MVP was with WWE for three, four years, and he went out in the indie scene, and he did Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and, you know, those guys do well for themselves on the indie scene. If you're, if you're talented, and if you've got a name, and you've got some recognition, you've been on TV, you'll do all right in the indie scene. I think the door... A final statement as far as AJ Styles goes, he'll be fine on the indie scene. He'll be beneficial to a group like Ring of Honor if they decide to sign him and make him a regular talent. But um, going forward after that, I think the door will be open for something for TNA and AJ Styles if they're in a better place financially or if he decides, you know what, I want to go back to where you know I, where I got my name. And, and maybe he'll have a run for about a year or two in the indies and be like, you know what, I can take a pay cut in TNA. You know, I'll go back. I mean, who knows? But I think the door will be open for the two. I, I would agree with you. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised that this is not going to be the last time we see uh, AJ Styles in the TNA ring. Uh, you know, I think for, for guys that you see who are successful in the indie scene, you, can, you know, once you get that name recognition, uh, you can make a decent living out there on the independent scene as long as you're okay with traveling all the time, 
uh, you know, if that's your cup of tea, I think, you know, you, you can do that. It, it, it's definitely a, a scene where, you know, you can, you can make your money and, and AJ could probably make more money out on the indies than he will with TNA. It's, I think you bring up a good point, Dave. How long does AJ want to do that? As, as we read the statement, obviously a deeply religious man, a family man, you know, maybe he's a guy that at some point would want to come back to TNA and, and like you said, take a pay cut for, uh, a little more stability, uh, just having a straightforward contract and knowing where you're going to be and, and being, uh, you know, in the impact zone for most of the year and, and having dates on the road. But, uh, you know, it's obviously a more stable uh, kind of working environment when you have like a long-term deal. So it'd be interesting to see how this all plays out, but uh, definitely a very, you know, pivotal a uh, piece of news coming out, and, and I, I think going forward, it should be interesting to see how this affects TNA. I mean, we've talked a lot about TNA over the second half of this year, and perfectly honest, a lot of it has been negative. I, I do think we are in a state of flux when it comes to TNA. Um, how do they come out on the other side of this? You know, they've, they've lost Hogan. They've lost AJ Styles. Um, they've lost, you know, one of the most recognizable names in the history of wrestling, and their guy, their homegrown guy. How does this affect this company going into 2014? Only time will tell, but definitely a very interesting piece of news. 347-838-9815, the number to call. We're going to get into TLC and Monday Night Raw in just a bit. As we said, get over to the Facebook page. Get your ballots in for the end of the year awards. Next week, our special end of the year show. And we went through all the nominations before and you know, as luck would have it on the line right now, you know, we went over Independent Wrestler of the Year, Preacher, Steve Off, and Ray Ray Mars, all nominated for Independent Wrestler of the Year. And right now, we actually have Ray Ray is on the line. So let's see what Ray's got to say. Ray, how are you doing this evening? Ken Reedy, when your name is Ray Ray Mars, every day is a good day. You know why? Because every day is Friday. But not just next Friday. When you're Ray Mars, every day is Fireball Friday. You better believe that, sir. Are, are you are you doing? Are you presently doing shots of Fireball? I am not doing shots of Fireball. I'm actually just trying to uh, do a little cheap plug out there for. Uh, let's just say this: There's a rumor going around through Wrestling on Fire that Ray Mars could be getting a talk show segment for the the television show. Now, not confirmed by any means yet, but. You can be sure my people are working very closely with all these to make this dream a reality, sir. Sounds good. It sounds, you know, good stuff to kind of enhance our, our TV product and our internet product. So uh, glad to hear that we'll see uh, Fireball Fridays coming out of Ray Ray. Uh, what else you got going on right now? Well, I wanted to take this opportunity to uh, kind of talk a little bit about my uh, my nomination for uh, 2013 Indian Wrestler of the Year, if I could. And, uh, First, I just want to be honest with myself and everybody out there. If you're voting based on just purely what's on inside the ring, then I am at a little bit of a disadvantage because of the ankle injuries I suffered this year. It caused me to miss a couple of months of action, working my way back into the ring, still feeling a little bit of pain, but back in the swing of things, building a lot of momentum at the right time. One area, as much as I expect Steve Wolf and Preacher, where I have the advantage over them is versatility. I mean, I got the versatility in the ring, you name it, I can wrestle any kind of match with anybody outside the ring within the past year. Look what I've done. I've become a host for Wrestling on Fire. I have become a part of the announce team. I've become a part of the active roster. You have to be in certain showcase matches for eternity. 
So versatility, you've got all that stuff. And listen, Steve Love and Priest are both deserve this. Either one of them would deserve it, along with me. They all, we all work as hard as we can, but this is one of the win. I'm going to make everybody that does not vote for me wish that they did. Because I'm going to have to do something that I know Preacher does not have the balls to do, that I know Steve Off does not have the balls to do. Saturday, January the 18th, is BWO Showdown. A show I've main evented, which kind of makes me mad that they didn't want me to put me in any main events. So I'm going to make my own main event. Right now, I'm issuing the challenge. Ray Ray Mars versus Ring of Honor and international superstar Delirious. One-on-one. Boom. Drop the mic. Wow. So an open, well, not open challenge, you're putting it right out there. ROH star, you know, if you're out there listening, so you're challenging Delirious right here, right now, tonight? Right here, right now, tonight. And the reason I'm challenging is this. I've been to BWO for almost five years, and I've reached a point in my BWO career where it's time to jump out of the sea of mediocrity that I've been wallowing in for the past several years. And in order to do that, I have to be in the ring with the best competition that the company has over. And right now, I don't see any other ring around and or international superstars on the roster. So here's will be there. And, you know, I know Section 8 will make this happen because he's had it out for me for years and I'm sure he thinks the leaders will beat the hell out of me. But I cannot only wait to prove him wrong, but I want him to sit there and think about the ramifications of what happens when I beat Delirious. You will not be able to ignore Ray Ramos any longer. I don't know if he'll be able to be okay with that. Well, that's, that's big news. The, oh, the challenge is out there. Delirious, if you're listening, uh, Ray Ray Mars issues the challenge uh, to meet you one-on-one in the squared circle. You know, Ray, you brought up a lot of stuff uh, you know, and it's been it's been great watching you uh, continue to get better and better. I know recently we were at an event and you you were in a match with Mo Sexton, and it was it was very eye opening. It was a great great match. Uh, uh, you know, you've spoke on. You might be getting a talk show. You've been doing uh, some commentating, some hosting. Uh, as as we move forward now, it's it's the end of 2013. Again, you're still on the ballot for Independent Wrestler of the Year. But what can we look forward to heading into 2014 from Ray Ray Mars? Well, heading into 2014, well, I know this coming Friday and the next Friday, I will be representing Wrestling on Fire in the the ever the ongoing uh, battle to prove Wrestling on Fire's dominance and superiority over ECPW in pretty much every way, shape, and form. Ray Ray Mars will be in action this Friday and next Friday. This Friday, Prime S.L. Clodge. The next ride at Parsippany PAL building, representing Wrestling on Fire, ending the year with enough momentum to carry me into 2014, to carry me to a victory over Delirious, to carry me through the year where I will end it on the top. And like you said, those who, don't vote, those who decide not to vote for me, I'm going to make you wish that you did. Great, Ray, Ray, thanks a lot for giving us a call. Good luck again, you guys. Ray, Ray was, was nice enough to give us a call. Get your votes in for the end of year ballots. Ray, Ray, up for... Independent Wrestler of the Year, and Delirious, if you're listening, challenge, you've been challenged. Step up, man. Ray Ray Mars wants to meet you in the squared circle. Ray Ray, thanks a lot for giving us a call. We'll talk to you real soon. Benjamin uh, Reedy, uh, I'll talk to you. Have a nice holiday, and Dave and everybody else, all the same. Uh, best wishes from the gentleman and myself, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Take it easy, man. Well, a bit of news, you know, again, and that's why we love doing this show. You never know what's going to happen. Ray Ray Mars 
gets on the show, challenges ROH star Delirious to a match. Interesting development here tonight, Dave. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, we always got some crazy stuff going on, on the show, and uh, you know it, it definitely uh, brings some excitement that we had a challenge take place. And you know, talking about Ring of Honor earlier, Delirious, uh, another uh, top star from Ring of Honor, been there for a while. So uh, I don't know, maybe we can get Delirious on next week to uh, accept the challenge if possible. I don't know. Let's let's see if we can get that uh, in the works. We'll get that in the works, and Delirious, if you're listening. And you know, Delirious, if you're listening right now, call in right now if you're going to accept the challenge. I'd uh, love to hear from you, but, uh, yeah, so a challenge to Delirious from Ray Ray Mars. And, uh, yeah, no, I mean, no joke, Ray Ray's got a lot of talent, uh, you know, in, in all seriousness. And uh, it's it's been cool to watch him because he's getting better. And, uh, you know, that match I was talking about, Ray Ray and Mo Sexton, it was, uh, you know, one of those matches where – I, I don't know if, if most of the fans in attendance were thinking, you know, that's a match to look forward to. It wasn't like a high-profile match on the card, um, but it wound up being a, an eye-opener for a lot of fans. And I know for, for some people in the back that uh, definitely uh, Ray Ray stepped up his game, although, you know, not successful in, in that uh, competition there with uh, Mo Sexton, but... It was definitely a very athletic, very entertaining matchup. Uh, I would look forward to seeing the two of them in the ring again. But, uh, you know, a guy nominated for Independent Wrestler of the Year here at our End of the Year Awards. Uh, looks like uh, things are, are moving onward and upward for Ray Ray Mars. So, very excited. Thanks for giving us a call. And the challenge is out there for one delirious uh, Ray Ray wants a piece of you. So answer the challenge. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We have a unified champion. TLC last night, we got a definitive winner. We got a clean quote-unquote finish. Lots of stuff coming out of TLC. What does it mean going forward for the end of the year and heading into 2014 into WrestleMania season? And, of course, we want to get your calls. We're going to hit all of that after the break. But for now, it is time for the Dave 55050 News Report. That's right. It is time. It's not Vader time. It's time for the Dave 5 News Report. Only heard every Monday night at the top of the hour here at the Ken Reedy Show. Speaking of AJ Styles, on the heels of his public departure as of this morning from TNA Wrestling, AJ Styles is now available for multiple independent dates going into the new year. Bill Barons announced this morning Styles is booked for Anarchy Wrestling in Cornelia, Georgia on December 28th. Premier Wrestling Experience on January 19th in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. January 26th, Smash Wrestling from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. February 1st, Dreamwave Wrestling from Chicago, Illinois. And February 7th, Deep Southern Championship Wrestling from Blue Ridge, Georgia. Styles can be booked for independent dates via showbiz at AOL.com. That's spelled S-H-O-W-B-I-S at AOL.com. In our second story, the artist formerly known as Cassius Ono from the WWE NXT group, Chris Hero, 
made a surprise appearance at Ring of Honor's Internet pay-per-view final battle in New York City this past weekend. Hero made a surprise return, running into attack Ring of Honor champ Adam Cole and his newly aligned partner, Matt Hardy. Hero then cut a promo stating he was back in Ring of Honor and celebrated with the fans. Hero was last seen in Ring of Honor teaming with current WWE superstar Antonio Cesaro in August of 2012, losing a tag team match to former WWE superstars Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin before joining the WWE NXT developmental group. Another surprise appearance on the indie scene this weekend came from WWE NXT hopeful, keyword hopeful, and former Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion Davey Richards. Richards made a surprise appearance at CZW's Cage of Death 15, losing to Chris Dickinson. After the match, Richards cut a promo saying he was supposed to be at Ring of Honor that evening and that Ring of Honor lost his heart and his days on the indie scene were almost over. Richards, along with American Wolf Tag Team partner Eddie Edwards, who ironically wrestled his final Ring of Honor match that very same evening, are currently under a very special internship deal with the WWE and the NXT program through the month of March of 2014, as I reported right here on the day five last week. On this very same show, Chris Hero, who returned at Ring of Honor, quote-unquote, double-dipped his chip first by making an appearance at the CZW Internet pay-per-view, losing to CZW champion Drew Gulak. In follow-up to news that broke yesterday discussing the A.J. Lee-Michelle Beadle tribute to the troops incident, FigureForWrestlingOnline.com reports that WWE reached out to Beadle yesterday and asked her to post an explanation of her account on the incident publicly so that the news of this story would calm things down online. And our fifth and final story this week, WWE legend Brutus the Barber Beefcake's daughter, Alana Leslie, is breaking into the wrestling business and has signed with JCW, Jersey Championship Wrestling. Alana revealed in an interview with the JCW website that she will be known on the independent scene as Baby Beefcake. WrestlingOnFire.com. Ken Reedy, Ray Ray Mars calling all the action. Tune in to WrestlingOnFire.com. The Gun Show, Season 10. You thought season nine was crazy? Check out Bob Arian, El Rotundo Genioso, and Steve Off with all the crazy hijinks that the gun show can bring. YouTube slash gun show web TV. And it's Christmas time. The holiday season's here. Ken's Cards Collectibles, 27 Mill Street, Berlin, Connecticut. The best in professional sports and professional wrestling memorabilia. The NBA, Major League Baseball, the NFL, the National Hockey League, and professional memorabilia. He buys, sells, and trades everything. Go to Facebook. Like them. KensCarsAndCollectibles.com. And there you have it. That was the Day 5 News Report. Only heard here at the Ken Reedy Show. Ken, back to you. Good stuff, Dave. Thanks a lot for the news. Lots of stuff going on in the world of professional wrestling. And, you know, none more important. A big pay-per-view last night. Uh, TLC, WWE. Last pay-per-view of 2013. Uh, lots of stuff coming out of that. And, uh, you know, we'll get into specifics. Uh, we'll, we'll get into some of the matches. But, uh, you know, as a whole, for me, as a fan, um, I didn't think it was terrible. I didn't think it was great. Um, I thought you had some, some solid matches. Uh, definitely some, some seeds planted for, uh, you know, future storylines moving forward. Um, 
You know, I, again, I, I don't know if you had a, a five-star match on, on the card, but I don't think you had a, a real clunker. It's not one of the, the big four, so I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, I, I thought the main event was, was good, not great. Um, we had a, a decent finish to, to that match. So, uh, you know, I, I'm okay with that. You know, if you want to go, you know, we do the grading sometimes on the Facebook page, uh, you know, C plus, B minus around there. I, I, you know, it was entertaining. Uh, we had some people over, everyone was entertained. They, they were into it, but it wasn't like we got one of those like big living room pops, um, over the course of the evening. So, it was good. It held my interest, but I don't. It didn't blow the doors off. Your thoughts overall on the pay per view, Dave? Overall, it was solid. Like you said, no clunkers. Ring action was solid. Some some uh, some uh, plant, you know, seeds planted for future stuff with uh, you know the the shield, of course, with the possible breakup between the, that trio in the opening match with CM Punk, which was a good handicap match. I I thought it was going to be difficult considering that you booked you know, two three-on-one handicap matches, and both of them were very entertaining. Um, I mean, we saw the, the, the Brodus Clay turn, and we'll discuss that a little bit. Um, saw a very intense match with Kofi and The Miz um, that I didn't really care for when they booked it, but I was actually pleasantly surprised at, you know, the, the intensity that both guys brought, considering it was an unadvertised match. The main event was solid. Um, I felt that in some cases that the importance of the match that they should have, you know, immediately went right away to trying to get as, use as many of the weapons as they could to incapacitate their opponent, and they didn't really do that. It was kind of like rest, hold, headlock, chin lock city, and then they kind of built the story, and eventually it, it picked up towards the end. Um, overall, you know, Christmas time, going into WrestleMania season, you know, the new year, the, the, the December pay-per-views really, they, they kind of finish things off a little bit, plant a few seeds, but you don't get too much before you you go into the new year, they kind of go in a holding pattern, kind of like what they do with, with the television shows um, before the, the new year begins. So overall, I thought it was a solid, fun show. They certainly made it really important as far as the championship, go, the championship goes, building towards it. And I'm not saying that it was a letdown, but I thought that considering how important it was, I thought maybe they were going to, maybe we would have seen like a special appearance by some former champions sitting ringside or, you know, uh, video packages as far as the former champions speaking currently, uh, you know, maybe something backstage. I mean, we saw the appearance of Vince, uh, but that was kind of a, a one and done sort of thing. They didn't really elaborate on Vince's appearance there. Overall, solid show, fun. It was better than Survivor Series. It's been better than the past few months. Um, we got a clear finish to the pay-per-view uh, main event, which was good. So overall, I'd give it a B, B minus, C plus. You know, it's, it's, and you hit on a, a few things, and, and before we get into like the real important stuff, and you know, you guys who have listened to the show for a long period of time, you, you might want to sit down at this point, mark the date. Uh, today is December sixteenth, two thousand thirteen. Mark the date and time. Right now, it's approximately 7.09 Eastern Standard Time. I kind of liked what I saw out of The Miz. There, wow. you have It's been said. I'm actually enjoying this, this Miz-Kofi thing. Um, you know, you brought it up, Dave, with tag teams and having, uh, you know, tag teams just hate each other, not surrounding the title. Um you know, I'm I'm kind of liking this this Miz 
Kofi thing. It's just they just don't like each other, and I, I I'm having fun with it. Uh, there's some intensity. Uh, you know, it's it's you know, Miz is definitely kind of the heel, but he's not like full on heel heel ish. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm just it's it's a fun mid card uh, rivalry going on right now. It's a good mid card program that they're working right now. They're putting on entertaining matches. There's some intensity between the two competitors. They're both holding their own. They're both uh, going back and forth as far as uh, victories and losses go. Um, I, I've been enjoying this, and this is like one of those things where you go, you go back, and for me, whether it's blaming Miz or WWE Creative or a combination of both, I just never thought the Miz was good enough to be a main eventer. Um, I think this is a, a solid place for him to be. He works in this, and, and as of right now, I mean, it's not going to change the world, and it's not like something that's going to really affect main storylines going forward, but... As far as for an entertaining portion of the show, whether it's a SmackDown, Raw, or pay-per-view, I'm actually enjoying their program right now. Yeah, I thought that, I thought that when they added the no disqualification stipulation, I mean, I didn't really care for it at first. I was just like, oh, another thrown together match so they can get a couple guys a pay per view bonus. But they really put it out there. And and what's interesting about this feud is is that. You really don't know what the reason behind it is between these two. It's just one day they just tagged up and Miz decided to turn on Kofi, and it's been, you know, back and forth between the two. It's been, you know, Kofi jumping involved in Miz's matches. Miz is getting involved before Kofi even gets to the ring. Then it's just been very high intensity between the two. And I'd love to find out what an actual actual explanation is behind, you know, Miz's actions at first and behind the, the hatred between the two of them. But it's been very subtle and, and they've kind of left some parts out, not, you know, in a bad way, but it kind of keeps you on the edge wondering, like, all right, why is he doing this? Why did Miz attack Kofi? Why is Kofi going after Miz? What's, what's the beef between these two? And the, the, the match itself was very intense, very good. At one point, I even forgot it was a no disqualification match because they were out the floor beating the crap out of each other, and, and uh, the ref wasn't counting. They were out there longer than 10 seconds, and I, someone at my table said, um, I think it was, uh, you know, my girlfriend's son, Anthony, and said, it's because it's a no disqualification match. And uh, I said, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. But they, they used the stipulation very well. It, you didn't see them use a whole lot of weapons. They were just kind of brawling around the arena floor um, in the ring. But overall, you know, a, a good, a surprisingly good match for a pay-per-view and something that was just thrown together that wasn't even advertised that I actually enjoyed on the show. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those scenarios that they're they're using both guys a hundred percent the right way, and and it's it's working. It's it's a good, you know, mid card uh, rivalry right now. And and whether they parlay this into one or both of them uh, wanting a shot at the IC title or maybe even the US title, uh, maybe it evolves in that direction. Like you said, maybe we get. Um, some history or some backstage stuff, exactly where this, this hatred is coming between the two of them. But it's, it, it's, it's weird, but it's kind of reminiscent of some old school stuff. But, you know, a lot of rivalries didn't necessarily have to surround a, a title. They were just two guys that just didn't like each other. And, and I, I'm, I'm actually enjoying this. I think it's something that's, that's a lot of fun, and, and both guys are bringing the intensity. So, uh, again, mark the date down. You've heard, it might not happen again, but you actually heard me. Say some positive about The Miz, but kudos to both of them. I think The Miz and uh, 
Kofi are doing a real nice job with this program, and uh, who knows where it'll go. I mean, we may just see it fizzle out at some point, but uh, enjoying it right now. So uh, those guys are doing a good job. Uh, that was a good part of the uh, pay-per-view last night. But obviously, storyline-wise and, and looking at uh, the different programs going on, uh, there was some more important stuff as far as the landscape of professional wrestling. Opening the pay-per-view, we have CM Punk versus The Shield as we, we're seeing the the, uh, the flaws and the chinks in the armor as The Shield goes. Hints of a breakup, perhaps. Uh, who knows You know when we're going to get that definitive breakup. But we definitely had uh, a, a major mishap as far as The Shield goes. CM Punk comes out victorious, beating The Shield in a 3-1 handicap match. Dean Ambrose, and my favorite finisher probably right now in, in wrestling, Dean Ambrose winds up taking a spear from Roman Reigns, Love Reigns' spear. Um, how does this play out going forward? Do they apologize? Do they kiss and make up tonight? Do we see uh, you know, things really fall apart from the shield tonight? Uh, it, it's interesting that we've see, we saw the physicality last night, albeit an accident. Uh, where do they go? Obviously, they're leading forward to a breakup of the shield what do we see tonight? Do we just see an apology? Do we see maybe a match between Reigns and Ambrose to kind of settle things? Who knows? But definitely interesting stuff coming out of that, that handicap match last night, Dave. I don't see a breakup tonight. I'll be shocked if we see a breakup tonight. I think they're I think they're really going to let this one brew for a while. I mean, there's there's lots of possibilities that they could go with with the shield and how and as far as breaking them up and how they're going to get there. I think we'll see more tension between the two. I think it will be acknowledged in some way. We might even see maybe. You know, I mean, Ambrose might blame Reigns for the for the loss because Reigns, you know, earlier in the match, he took a dive over the announce table. His eye got puffy and swollen, and he had trouble with his vision. So maybe Reigns will finally get a shot at Punk one-on-one, and, you know, maybe Ambrose will cost Reigns the match. I mean, I don't know. I mean, But I think we're going to see a lot of tension um, going forward with these guys, but still together as a unit. And then, you know, I think you'll see them do some dirty work for the authority at times, too. So... You'll get a break of the shield tension, so to speak. But I, I see this blowing off at WrestleMania. That, that's as far as, I mean, I don't want to go too far, but I could see a lot of different scenarios with the shield. I mean, you got the Royal Rumble coming up next month, and those three guys have never been in the Royal Rumble match. I could see them doing something where the three of them are in the ring after they had cleared house and taken out everybody, and then... You know, it's just the three of them, and now we're all deciding, well, who's going to be next to get eliminated, but neither of them want to get eliminated, and then you get the friction between them all, and then bring back The Undertaker. Last time Undertaker was on TV, he was involved with The Shield. The Shield took him off of television and injured him. Undertaker can get his heat back by maybe eliminating The Shield, and then you bring that tension even further with the Shield going forward with their breakup. And like I said, I see it going toward uh, till WrestleMania. But t- I think we'll see tension tonight. Um, but they're still going to be together. I'd be shocked if they broke them up tonight. It'd be interesting to see, like, number one, what the condition of Roman Reigns' eye is. That injury appeared to be legit. Um, it's somewhat fortuitous as far as storytelling goes because, uh, I guess, Roman Reigns can claim to be somewhat blinded um, uh, when he speared Ambrose. But uh, it definitely looked like his eye was, uh, he he hurt it somewhere. I really, you know, we watched it a couple times. I couldn't tell exactly where he hit his eye. Uh, Be curious if he's able to wrestle tonight, uh, what condition his eye is in going into tonight. Uh, You know, maybe we see something tonight. You know, I was just thinking, 
you know, where we see Roman Reigns take on CM Punk one-on-one and Reigns emerges victorious, uh, which, you know, they could make amends and they, they keep things going uh, going forward. The Shield is still a unit, but uh, the jealousy continues to brew between Ambrose and Reigns. Who knows? But uh, the seeds are planted. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you. If they broke up tonight, that would be shocking. Um, we're definitely going to see the, the tension there. Uh, I would say, yeah, if, if not uh, WrestleMania, the Royal Rumble, where we see uh, more of a definitive uh, breakup. I mean, who knows? Maybe we see something happen at the Rumble and we have a three-way match between all members of the Shield at WrestleMania. Um, who knows? But this group has been definitely uh, one of the highlights of 2013, and we're starting to see the cracks in the armor right now. So uh, definitely an interesting development uh, coming out of last night's pay-per-view. And there's lots of stuff going on. And, you know, I, I think when we head into 2014, we're going to refer back to stuff that started at TLC. So, again, an average pay-per-view, but definitely... Uh, as far as the landscape of WWE going forward, uh, I think it was an important pay-per-view. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. What are your thoughts on TLC last night? We're going to go out to the phones. So we got Mike on the line. Mike, are you there? Yes, I am, guys. How you doing tonight? What do you got for us? What do you think of TLC? Well, I thought I gave it a B plus. Um, one, I'll just go by this. One match that I didn't like was. Um, I didn't like the Intercontinental Championship match. I thought both guys went for their finishes too soon, um, and I, I, I just didn't think it worked. Um, I do like Biggie Langston, and I do like Damian Sandow, but I don't think they worked well together. I kind of was, like, losing um, faith on, on that whole situation. Um, I like the punk. The matches I did like was I liked the punk match. I thought punk did a great job against the big guys, um, it might be the three strikes you're out rule, like when Shawn Michaels kicked Evil in the face three times. So it might it might wait it might wake them up if um, Roman Reigns steers them again by mistake. I mean, it was an accident. He did take a big bad. You saw his eye; it was all puffed up. He took a bad bump going over the announce table. So that match, I thought the Punk match was good. Um, I loved the. Um, AJ Lee match, although I was upset that Natalia didn't win. Maybe she should stop um, drunk dialing Stephanie. Maybe she would win. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I mean, maybe call me crazy. I mean, for, you know, for the people that didn't see Total Divas, check it out. Um, what else? Oh, I liked the, I loved the Daniel Bryan match. I thought that was great at the end um, with Sweet Abigail. Um, I thought Bray Wyatt looked great. Again, you know, looking who his father was and who his grandfather was, or is, I should say, that gimmick is just solid. I mean, the guy is just a good, all-out good wrestler. Um, the match of the the match of the night to me was definitely Randy Orton versus John Cena, and we do have a clear-cut winner. And I don't know, it's just you know, one champion. That's what they're billing. I heard they're going with the, w, the new WWE Championship tonight. They're just going to show that and uh, do away with the world title. And by the way, Dave, you know, you, got, you talked about the lineage of that title, you know, going back to Triple H, which I agreed with you on that. But last night, did you see that they kept on making references to the old guys holding the world's title? 
Yeah, I did notice that, you know, and it's funny that you bring that up because I, I mentioned that when I was watching the video package. The, the, the official lineage of the World Heavyweight Championship starts with when Triple H was awarded the title by then Raw General Manager Eric Bischoff, but I think that more or less, I could just be spitballing here, but I think more or less they they showed the the – the older guys like Harley Race and Terry Funk and Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair and associated them with the big gold belt to, to associate the title itself, not the actual lineage of, of, of who held the championship because at that time that was the NWA title. That was the WCW title. So they talk about the lineage and how far it goes back, but they don't really acknowledge it in, in their official listings, which I thought was really weird. I, I was kind of scratching my head at that, but at the same time, you had three weeks to build a pay-per-view and a unification bout, and they, I think they were just trying to, I wouldn't say they were desperate, but they were trying to make the match and make the title as important as it possibly could be in three weeks' time to get people to buy the pay-per-view and see the match itself. So uh, I think that's where they were going with it by trying to introduce the, the older lineage, even though they don't acknowledge it and they haven't. In quite a while, the older lineage with, like I said, the Funks and the, the, the Dusty Rhodes and the Jared, Gerald Briscoes, or uh, Jack Briscoes, excuse me, and all the other big names that held that title with the lineage dating as far back as, I want to say, 1905. George Hackenschmidt, I think, was the first uh, world heavyweight champion, if I may recall, the NWA world heavyweight champion. So um, I think that was what their purpose was, was just to get cram as much history and importance as they can in three weeks, and that's why they, they showed that footage. And the funny thing is, is I have a seven-year-old nephew. He loves wrestling, and we watch it together, and I school him as best as I can. And two points about my nephew. One point was he said to me, what belt is that that Ric Flair has? I said, they showed him with the, um, I believe it was the Mid-Atlantic Championship, it was the belt. It wasn't, I don't think it was the, was it the world's title at that time? It looked uh, like the Mid-Atlantic, but it could have been the there. Gold? You talking about the big gold belt? No, it wasn't the gold belt, it was the other belt. It was the one that was like the Mid-Atlantic belt. Oh, maybe it was maybe it was the old NWA World Heavyweight. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Because I always remember the. Uh, I always remember like the, the one. Sorry, Dave. God. It's got the big globe in the middle of it. The one with the crack in it that Harley Race headbutted. Is that the one you're talking about? I think so. I think that's the one when he okay. took off his robe. I think, that's, what, yeah, his I think that's what they showed him with. Yeah, I remember right. seeing that last night. I was like just scratching my head as well because I, when I when I thought about Ric Flair, I used to remember the big gold belt, the one that they distorted on uh, WWE TV, which uh, WWE at the time, WWFE, whatever. The other point that my nephew made was he asked me. Who was the guy with all truth? And I said, that guy used to wrestle in TNA as Consequences Creed. And he said, I don't watch TNA. And I said, neither do I. Which <laughs> is kind of funny. It's just kind of, kind of ironic that he's, he's like, you know who that is? Yeah. And I'll tell you, I've seen him in a tag team match. Um, Xavier was. I've seen him in a tag team match over the summer. Um, and he, and he, had a great, they had a, he had a great win against um, with the, those un-Americans. And I tell you, the un-Americans are over. You know, people are like, wow. You know, these guys are, you know, JBL keeps on saying, wow, listen to all these, these people chant, we the people. 
Um, you know, it's it's crazy. Hey, by the way, Kim, I think I think Michelle and I are like you, Michelle, the G, and I are baffled. The Dave told the, the number one diva, and I are baffled. You actually said something nice about the Miz. <laughs> yeah, is your yeah, call, are you getting malarious? Are you getting malarious? Are you all right? You know, maybe it's the holiday season. I'm just feeling uh, nicer and, and, and goodwill towards yeah. all mankind. Yeah. But, uh, I ain't no fan of you. Don't talk about a living room, Pop. I almost fell on my chair when I see Miz <laughs> get slapped in the face. I think I think that's what was supposed to happen. Speaking Whew. of the holidays, what about that coat Miz was wearing last <laughs> night uh, on the show? Oh God, yeah. <laughs> what a what a what a debacle that was. And what a debacle that was with that. I don't, I don't know about the Miz sometimes, but. I I uh I, I'm I'm still wondering who's the heel and who's the face. I can't figure it out. Uh, I, and I and I was just saying, please, Miz, don't do the figure four. Just enough, give it up. <laughs> give up that figure four. Um, I like the tag team match. I thought I thought the um the end result was really cool. I thought getting the heels out of there and letting the faces shine was good. Uh, somebody mentioned on face on the on on the Facebook page about this this um TNA TNA TLC being um awfully booked. I didn't think it was badly booked at all. I thought it was great booking. I thought every match flowed. I thought they got everything in. Um, I like the R Truth win over Brodus Clay. Obviously, Brodus Clay is going the heel way, and more power to him. I mean, he's been a face for a while. And let's see what he could do. Maybe, maybe something can um, can come from it. I guess I don't know. You know, they need to get rid of Sweet Tea. I can't stand them. So they need to do something. They need to bring Albert back. They need to do something the right way. I don't know. But that's that's what I think. I, I overall, I gave the pay per view a B. Um, they are advertising John Cena versus. Um, versus Randy Orton at Madison Square Garden. It was supposed to be for both belts, but now obviously it's going to be for, for the one belt. Um, and, and they're going to do it at Prudential. So I think I'm going to see it in New Jersey at Prudential Center. I was never there, and I think I want to go see that. Oh, the beginning match, I thought that was okay. I thought they, both guys did a great job. You know, the outcome was, was what I didn't think was going to happen, but, I, but in, in the end... I guess seeing seeing Dolph Ziggler and Fandango on the on the card is is better than not seeing them at all. I mean, to yeah, me, I, I just, don't care where they placed them. I mean, you could have had Brodus Clay versus R Truth in the beginning. That would have been okay to me. It's a good point. But, I mean, um, that's what I'm thinking. I, who knows? I mean, sometimes my thoughts are off the wall. You know, I think of the craziest uh, and the and the silliest things in the world. Big um, silliest and craziest, delirious. If you're listening, is a great. And I know he's listening because he's a great guy. Delirious, just do me a favor and beat Ray Mars up because it's so stupid. Ray, you know, delirious went up against Preacher. Now I like Preacher. I voted for Preacher up in uh, you know for BWF. Now I don't think Preacher likes me as a manager. You know I don't think Preacher respects me. Because, you know, Preacher was saying about nobody voted for me, but that's fine because I, I respect Preacher. Preacher had the best two matches against Delirious that I've ever seen in my life at BWO. You know, and, and, and um, 
Ray Ray Moss versus Delirious. You know, Ray Ray Moss is a very talented wrestler. I like Ray Ray, but he's cocky. And sometimes cocky wrestlers go down. Look at Honky Tonk Man. Honky Tonk Man was a great wrestler, but cocky. And he went down. He didn't do, you know, he didn't, he was in the Conor Champion, never went higher than that. But on that note, guys, I thank you for letting me speak, and I will talk to you next week, and we'll see how it goes tonight on Monday Night Raw. The Shield's not going to break up. I think everything's going to be fine. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank Thanks you for the call, Mike. Take it easy. All right. Wow. I, I, I love Mike's calls because they're just stream of consciousness. Somehow we, we, we hit everything from the pay-per-view, the Shield, uh, NWA title belts, going to the Prudential Center, Ray Ray Mars, Preacher, Delirious, the Honky Tonk Man. You know, it's just, it is phenomenal where where his calls can go. But uh, if I can try and dissect a little bit of, of some of the stuff we heard, uh, he did actually touch upon uh, the Brodus Clay heel turn, which is something else that came out of TLC. Uh, not pivotal as far as the landscape of the WWE, but something, again, uh, to work into the mid card. And, uh, you know, for, for myself and, and I'm sure other wrestling fans, uh, you know, the Funkasaurus, uh, you know, it was, it was interesting when it started, uh, maybe not the best gimmick for a guy like Brodus Clay, who could be a bonafide, real legit monster. Um, and maybe they're moving forward. Maybe we'll see a, a tougher, uh, more, more brutal, uh, type of Brodus Clay going forward. Uh, It'd be interesting to see, you know, again, something that I'm not saying that it's it's the most important thing or, or that I'm looking forward to in Monday Night Raw tonight, but definitely curious as far as the evolution of Brodus Clay's character and where they're going to go with it right now, Dave. Yeah, I uh, I enjoyed it. It wasn't, you know, groundbra- a groundbreaking heel turn by any stretch of the imagination, but I, it over the past few weeks they had shown some tension between him and Tensai and the girls, and it was and he kind of he kind of distanced himself from them in a way by calling himself a main event player. And, you know, it almost sounded like he wanted to be done with them. So it's finally happened. And what was interesting about that, that I don't think a lot of people get that will get this. I hope they do. But the segment before his match, there was a segment with a few of the wrestlers in the back. They had those stupid brawling wrestling buddies. And, and then Kane came in and they all, you know, went away and disappeared. And then Kane stood there with the Brodus Clay brawling buddy. And he just kind of gave a, a, a look. So I, I can't really tell what kind of a look he gave, but it almost kind of foreshadowed that, you know, I mean, yeah, it was, a, it was a, as they say in the business, a segue. It was a segue to get you to the Brodus Clay match. But it kind of left me wondering, like, all right, Brodus has been calling himself a main event player. He's turning heel. He's going to go back to being a monster. Maybe he's going to be the muscle for the authority. Maybe he's going to join the authority and be Randy Orton's muscle or protect Triple H and Stephanie. I mean, it, 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 it would freshen up his character. It would give him a good rub working with some main event talent, and it would freshen up the authority a little bit. We're seeing the shield uh, kind of on the outs, and that trio is, is, is showing dissension and eventually a breakup. And, yes, they've been the hired muscle and hired guns of the authority for quite a while now. Maybe we're going to see Brodus transition into that role with the authority. Um, I just found it interesting the way that Kane looked at the doll. For all, I, for all we know, that could have just been a one-time thing, but I just kind of have a feeling that, you know, they're separating him, making him into a big deal maybe, 
having him join the authority would work. But um, the, the heel turn itself, nothing groundbreaking. It's not something that's going to be on, you know, uh, a top ten countdown for top, you know, heel turns of all time. But it worked and it made sense and it had to get done. I just, I'm glad it wasn't dragged out um, any longer than it was. Then sometimes, you know, other storylines seem to drag out things like that. And, and as we continue to, to look at the, the WWE continues to, to build its mid-card. It's something else that we can look forward to in the middle of a Monday Night Raw, in the middle of a pay-per-view. So as we talked about Miz and Kofi kind of having a nice little program, uh, you know, we have something else to, to at least be intriguing uh, in the mid-card. So uh, I'm curious. I'm curious to see where they're going to go tonight. I, I would like to look forward to Monday Night Raw this evening to see where exactly they're going to go with the character. Um, another, you know, and this is more of a main eventer, and as we look at, you know, CM Punk victorious uh, in his handicap match, uh, coming out of that match, more, I think more fans are, are waiting to see what exactly is going to happen with the Shield as opposed to CM Punk, but, you know, curious to see where exactly going to CM Punk. Are we going to see him eventually uh, start looking to uh, grab hold of that brass ring and take home the uh, the world wwe championship uh but another main event guy who was not successful last night won daniel bryan against the wyatts uh the wyatt family wants to bring daniel bryan into the fold daniel bryan loses in his handicap match uh you know does this feud continue dave do we see it kind of somehow uh parlay off into something else you gotta figure at some point we're gonna see daniel bryan get back into uh, the title picture, the main event picture, but it seems like to me right now that this storyline is far from over. Curious where the relationship with Daniel Bryan and the Wyatt is going to go tonight. Well, I think going forward, I think, you know, especially in last night's match, Bray Wyatt, or as Mick Foley dubbed it on the pre-show, Way Bryant. I don't know if some of you uh, heard that reference. It was kind of funny, actually. Um, but Foley, on the other hand, he um, – he had uh, made mention of you know the, the the Bray Wyatt character and how well that he had adjusted in the match and how he really kind of took over and took control of Daniel Bryan, but it was only a short amount of time, and the advantage that he had gotten was because of Harper and Rowan. So I think we're going to see Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt more than we're actually going to see Bryan and the entire Wyatt family. I wouldn't be so surprised if we saw a singles match between the two somewhere down the line, maybe even just blowing off this feud at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, and or what do we see tonight? I mean, you know, it's interesting as we look at, like, you know, that matchup and, and the Wyatt family trying to bring Daniel Bryan into the fold. Uh, you know, who opens up Monday Night Raw tonight? Do we see Daniel Bryan open up and address us? Do we see uh, John Cena? Do we see CM Punk? Do we see The Shield? Lots of stuff coming out of last night. And it is interesting that, you know, as much as we continue to say, and, you know, Mike gave us a call and he agreed, and it seems like most people, as you troll about the Internet, that, uh, you know, most people are giving this pay-per-view kind of an average grade. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff coming out of this. A lot of, uh, you know, I, know I keep saying it, but a lot of seeds planted as far as, uh, how we're going to go moving forward, you know, as we're in the holiday season and a, a December Raw, and we're getting close to, uh, you know, Christmas time and everything. And, uh, you know, I mean, what what do you think we're going to see tonight with all this stuff swirling around? Are we going to see anything uh, pivotal tonight? Are we going to see uh, uh, some some definitive uh, action going on tonight? Uh, 
I'm curious your thoughts, Dave. Uh, you know, are we going to see more of a, a holding pattern uh, the next couple of weeks uh, through the end of the year? Are we going to see, you know, coming out of, a, a, a you know, a lot of stuff happening on a pay-per-view? Uh, do we see some action occur tonight? Uh, you know, what do you think we're going to see uh, out of Raw this evening? I wouldn't be surprised. Um, now, quick question. Do you happen to know what the uh, the Monday night football game is tonight? Tonight is the Detroit Lions versus the Baltimore Ravens, I believe. Okay. All right. That seems to be a pretty highly competitive game. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Randy Orton and John Cena in some form of a rematch tonight, maybe kind of blowing that off and and trying to compete with Monday Night Football tonight. Maybe they'll announce that in the first half hour. We might see a rematch of sorts. It's funny, too, because after last night's pay-per-view, WWE polled um, the, the the fans on their website on WWE.com and on the app about who would you like to see in the main event title picture, and CM Punk ran away with that vote. Um, I think uh, Daniel Bryan came in second, and uh, the Shield somehow was involved in that vote as well. And I think they they were you know in the top three, top five, or whatever, but. You know, considering what took place last week with Punk's interaction with Orton and Triple H and maybe Punk being done with the Shield, I think we might, maybe we'll see some seeds planted for CM Punk and Randy Orton, possibly tonight. I think we might see something big this week, um, but in the next few weeks it seems like, you know, WWE gets in a holding pattern before the new year where they kind of do just TV storylines. They don't really hype up the Royal Rumble six weeks away, so they're going to have the next – Two, three weeks at the most. They do the tribute to the troops they taped last week, so that's not really a storyline show. That's more of a special event um, that they that they look forward to. But the next few weeks is just kind of kind of be maybe some blowoffs on, t- on TV, uh, filling some gaps, not really getting you ready for the new year. But once the new year rolls around and you get the first live RAW of the new year, then that's when you're in mode for you know the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania season is is fully underway. So. Um, I think we might see something big happen on tonight's show, but I, I could I could see a rematch with Cena and Orton, or I could see you know Punk declaring you know he wants a title shot because I've, I've said it before. A lot of people don't remember it. Punk came back and said one of the first things he wants is to be the WWE champion again when he came back in June and when he was still aligned with Paul Heyman. So I think we're going to start to see, see you know, CM Punk successfully defeated the Shield. He's still got an issue with the authority. I mean, he had that issue with with, uh, with uh, Triple H, and maybe he'll address the Shawn Michaels super kick that he took last week. I don't know, but I think we'll see Punk declare that, you know, he wants a title shot or he wants the championship back in some form or fashion. And uh, as far as Cena goes, I could I could possibly see them doing a blow off tonight with him and Orton somehow. Um, yeah, I mean you, you you could see the look on his face closing that pay per view that you know obviously he was not happy um, that he lost the match. His character was not happy, but um, you know he's, he's John Cena, so he'll you know he'll rise above, he'll overcome like he always does. Uh, he'll be even stronger. So um, we could see something take place tonight with Cena as well. Maybe the three of them get involved somehow in a match. I don't know, but. Um, I have a feeling something's going to happen tonight because the Lions and Ravens are both in the playoff hunt in the NFL right now, so it's going to be a competitive game. It's going to be a, a, a big game to watch, so I wouldn't be surprised in the first hour, first half hour, 
they announced something big to get you hooked for the rest of the show. And I have a feeling it will involve, you know, two or three or all of those guys, you know, Punk, Orton, and Cena. Well, you got to figure, I mean, at this point, you know, Cena's do a rematch. I mean, I would guess that, that even though he unified the belt, I mean, he lost his championship, so you would think he, he's due a rematch. I mean, I guess they, you know, it was a unification match. They could finagle the rules or whatever. Um, but, yeah, as you're saying, in, in, you know, in reference to Monday Night Football, uh, you know, maybe Cena comes out uh, to start the show and then says he wants his rematch tonight, you know, and uh, we, we see a rematch between uh, him and Randy Orton. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. And then move forward as far as uh, – where Punk and maybe other guys are going to fit into the title picture. Uh, I do, you know, you bring up, uh, you know, the point of how dejected Cena looked. And, and I thought the match last night was good. I don't think it was great, but I thought it was an interesting finish. Uh, you know, it does beg the question, like, why, do, why don't more people use handcuffs in ladder matches? But I digress. Um, definitely a sound strategy in a ladder match to, to bust out a pair of handcuffs. Um, fun finish. Uh, you know, the dejected Cena afterwards. Um, you know, it was it was. You know, I liked the finish. I thought the match was okay, uh, but I thought the finish worked well. Uh, it was a quote unquote clean finish as far as you know, no one interfered. But you know, Randy, you know, a little little underhanded using the the handcuffs. So uh, I, I enjoyed the finish. I enjoyed the desperation of John Cena unscrewing the uh, turnbuckle. But you know, one thing when it comes to John Cena, and I really, you know, I know he beat The Rock this year at WrestleMania, but you know, people who are out there who, who continue with the, the Super Cena stuff, it really got to stop. I mean, this guy, you know, he gets it and he gets the storytelling. And, and we talked about it last night. You know, I mean, you picked Randy Orton. I picked John Cena. But I think we were both in agreement that uh, character-wise, it was Randy Orton that needed it more than John Cena. You know, and, and, and John Cena is a company guy, and he's dropped some pivotal matches uh, when, you know, the storyline calls for it, and dropping a unification match, dropping his, his first match with The Rock, and, and I just think he's a guy who gets it and gets uh, the, the good storytelling. And, you know, you've got to figure behind the scenes, if John Cena was a jerk and said, I'm not dropping this match, he's John Cena. He's not going to get fired or future endeavored. You know, he's going to stay on, and you know what? They, they'd probably figure out something else. But John Cena you know, agrees to the, the good storytelling. It seems like he's a company guy and, and goes, uh, uh, you know, does what he's told. And, uh, you know, a guy that when you look at this era and whether you love him or you hate him, and we talked about, you know, that Cena and Orton define this era. Those two guys define this era. But if you're going to put it on one guy, it's John Cena. John Cena is the man. John Cena's been the man for the past decade. John Cena has been the guy at the top of the heap as we've seen the WWE grow in leaps and bounds uh, over the, the, this past decade. If there's any one person that deserved to be the unified title holder as far as you know what they've done for the company, what they represent for the company, it's John Cena. But John Cena dropped the match last night, and I, and I think you know really the guy needs to get a little bit of credit as far as getting the business and knowing, not to take Triple H's phrase, but knowing what's best for business and knowing what works. And so, you know, yes, he's upset storyline-wise. He looked dejected after the match. Uh, we'll probably see John Cena come out and challenge Randy Orton. Um, 
but kudos to to John Cena for doing the right thing and getting the business. And I agree with you, Dave. I think we'll see like the uh, beginning. Maybe Cena come out and ask for his rematch, and maybe we see that at the, as the main event tonight. But uh, uh, I thought the match last night was a good match, not great, with a, with a pretty cool finish. Your thought on last night's match? I thought it was good. I, I think it could have been better in terms of, uh, the, like I said earlier, the importance of the match itself. You know, you would have thought that both guys would have been going for, you know, ladders and chairs and trying to beat the crap out of each other and how important this match was. And there was a lot of rest holds and chin locks and head locks at first. And it kind of picked up uh, shortly after that. But um, overall, I thought it was fun. I thought the finish was creative. I liked it. Um, it's kind of it's kind of ironic that you know Cena has uh, you know, Cena once used duct tape to defeat Batista in a last man standing match, and now he gets handcuffed and can't you know reach uh, the uh, the ladder. But I thought the um, the bump at the end, although it looked like Cena was supposed to go through the table, that was a pretty sick looking bump that he took. His head hitting the corner of that table, being yanked by the rope that you know he was handcuffed to that was taken off off um, by Orton so um, overall I thought it was a, a, a solid match um, worthy of being you know the main event of a pay-per-view would I like to have seen it you know you know much better yeah absolutely but at the same time we're talking John Cena and Randy Orton they're not edging Christian the Hardys and the Dudleys where they're going to do spears off of ladders through 12 tables you know whack each other with a million chairs they're not going to do all that stuff it's going to be you know gritty and short and to the point and I guess you know maybe I should take back what I just said about you know the match needing to be better but it it made sense that they didn't use I guess a whole lot so to speak so uh, overall I enjoyed it. The finish was good. Um, and, you know, the appearance by Vince and the authority at the end I thought was fitting. Um, you know, at first I thought, oh, Vince is going to come out and they're going to start that, that tension that everyone's been talking about between Vince and the authority. But it um, just kind of, you know, let them – it kind of sent, sent the message to the audience that, like, this is our guy. This is, where, this is who we're behind. And – this is, you know, what we're going to do with him. And as opposed to, the, you know, the past several months where it's been Orton doesn't know if he's on the authority side, their good side or not, I think that was determined um, last night after the match by the way that they, uh, they were with him. And I did think it was interesting that, you know, that Vince was there, number one. Um, and number two, with, with everything that we've seen at, at Stephanie and Triple H uh, being the authority uh, that the three of them come out to Vince McMahon's theme song. Um, so, you know, kind of illustrating that, that McMahon is, is still, you know, top dog, still the, the guy who ultimately is, is in charge. Now, what do we see? You know, it's funny because we've, we've heard the hints. We've heard, you know, that at some point there might be a, a rift between uh, Vince and, and Triple H and Stephanie. Uh, you know, who knows? I mean, all that stuff is rumor and conjecture. It, it could all be a load of BS. But, you know, generally in the world of wrestling, it seems where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, we didn't see those seeds necessarily planted last night. Um, but what do you think, you know, going forward, Dave, as we talk about Vince McMahon, you know, he's obviously been on TV a lot less. Um, do we see his role increase going forward into the WrestleMania season? Are we going to see this rift, or are we just going to see the authority exist the way they do? And, uh, you know, Vince McMahon comes every now and again. Do we see Vince McMahon, a Vince McMahon sighting tonight? Um, really curious as far as 
what kind of role we're going to see out of Vince McMahon going forward as this storyline unfolds. Ed. Well, here's here's a little uh, fantasy booking 101 just for a minute here. So uh, bear with me. Um, I think we'll see a Vince appearance tonight. I think they're going to – I don't – know this you know for fact but it wouldn't surprise me if they did some sort of championship ceremony for randy orton being the unified undisputed wwe world heavyweight champion so they'll probably do something with him vince will probably be a part of that i don't think we'll see any friction tonight maybe we'll see a few seeds planted possibly but i don't think so um i think you know it'll just be business as usual um Going into WrestleMania season, I think where the friction's really going to begin, and this is just me, you know, spitballing, seeing if the mud's going to stick against the wall, but it would not surprise me with the rumors of a return of Hulk Hogan for WrestleMania 30 if somehow, some way, Vince McMahon decides to announce that Hogan's going to make an appearance at the Royal Rumble. And it upsets the authority, meaning Stephanie and Triple H. And then that's where the rift between the two of them begins, is that Vince brings back this history known as Hulk Hogan for this big match or for this big you know, event coming up, the Milestone WrestleMania, the 30th one. And then that's where the, that's where the friction will begin, and then things will begin to you know, crumble and fall apart, and Vince will be you know, opposite of the authority going into WrestleMania and then throughout the WrestleMania season. That's where I think that's going to – it's just, it's just a, a guess, but it would not surprise me with the rumor of Hogan returning that, you know, the history he has with Vince, that maybe Vince on TV will just be like, I'm making an announcement that, you know, Hulk Hogan is going to return at the Royal Rumble, make a special appearance. And that's where it begins right there between him and the authority. And that's when we mark out. Yes. Yes, <laughs> it, it, indeed. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's mark out. huge mark out. Um, it's interesting when you bring up Hulk Hogan because you know, and it's a, we need to. Can we get like seeds planted trending on, on Twitter? Because we said that a lot. Hashtag seeds planted. Um, but interesting, like when you know, with all the rumors surrounding Hulk Hogan, and you know, there was rumors now. Like, was it? I'm trying to remember. Was it last week's Monday Night Raw where they were showing? Uh, video tributes to Hulk Hogan, but during commercial, just to the live crowd. Um, so there's rumors of that. You, you keep hearing it. Obviously, it being WrestleMania 30, the idea of Hulk Hogan being there is, is just an absolutely incredible idea. Uh, makes perfect sense. But you're right, Dave. When, when do we actually get that definitive, you know, he's coming back? You know, that announcement that he's on the way and uh you know, it would be real interesting if, uh, you know, Vince McMahon came out tonight and said uh, Hogan will be back at the Royal Rumble. It'll definitely, uh, you know, get the ball rolling looking forward to uh, the Rumble and, and really getting into WrestleMania season. But we, we keep hearing that, you know, it's a possibility. You know, do we get, you know, the supposed video packages that we're playing just for the live crowd? Do we get a taste of one of those video packages on TV? Um, remains to be seen, but, you know, as, as time goes on, it seems like, it, it, you know, I, I don't want to get too excited. I, I really don't want to get ahead of myself, but it does seem like uh, he's going to be a part of the WWE. We're going to see Hulk Hogan back in the WWE, and, and every day that, that passes, it seems like that's more and more likely to occur. 
It's just when exactly do we hear that? Um, you know, has he signed and somehow it's just been kept a secret? Uh, who knows? But uh, it would be really cool, Dave, if we heard that announcement tonight. I, yeah, I think it would be really cool tonight, but I think that they're going to save that for you know one of the, the very first episodes of Raw of the New Year. It wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if it's if it's done on the the first live episode of the New Year, um, which I believe will be uh, if I want I want to say uh, maybe the sixth. Yeah, I think the sixth is the first live episode of Monday Night Raw. If I'm not mistaken, um, so it wouldn't surprise me if you know you they advertise a huge announcement coming from Vince McMahon, and then the authority doesn't know, they have no idea, or they think it's something else, and then they he drops this bomb that Hogan's going to return. Now this is all this is all I mean you know speculation at this point, but we've heard stories of him in a match, tagging with John Cena. We even heard a story about him versus John Cena, possibly to WrestleMania. We've also heard stories that a lot of his friends close to him think he shouldn't even be anywhere near the ring for a match. So who knows? Um, the, the best way to utilize him is um, just to have him there personally, whether it's a match or if he just comes out and rips the shirt and does his thing. But it's, um, I think they're going to wait for something big, um, they're going to hold off on that one. If they if they if they have it already, um, you know, planned out, they're going to hold off on that one. And that's something that's been very tight-lipped, as far as I know, as of late. If he's officially back with them going forward for WrestleMania, um, and also too, you know, another reason why they'd want to bring him back is to duct, you know, either Ultimate Warrior or Randy Savage if they decide to do it. We had, you know, Mike Ferrara talked about it on the show, I think it was last week, where Lanny Poffo, the genius, came out and said on, you know, in an interview recently, okay, induct my brother, you know, but, but don't, I don't want to be there, don't pay me, um, you, you know, so maybe, maybe WWE is going to go ahead and finally induct Randy Savage into the Hall of Fame, and then Hogan would be the guy to, to, to do that induction. Um, so maybe that will be an announcement, is a, a part of that announcement, that Hogan's going to come back to induct the Macho Man into the Hall of Fame. Maybe that's how you're going to set up ticket sales for the Hall of Fame. Usually Hall of Fame tickets go on sale in January, and the, the, the night after WrestleMania uh, in the New Orleans Arena, tickets sold out for that Monday Night Raw. So maybe that's a way to kind of get people to buy tickets for the Hall of Fame. Come see Hulk Hogan induct the late, great Macho Man Randy Savage into the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, that, that that wouldn't surprise me either, but I think that's something that they're going to save um, for uh, you know the new year going forward and add a little more uh, buzz heading into the Royal Rumble. Yeah, and as we continue to just get all giddy and ahead of ourselves, we're again looking at the uh, the Hall of Fame. But you know, it's WrestleMania 30. Uh, they're going to look to have a big name to headline that Hall of Fame class. Uh, out of the guys who aren't inducted, you're not going to get much bigger than Randy Savage to bring in Hulk Hogan to induct him. Uh, that would definitely be, uh, to me, the crowning jewel of uh, the Hall of Fame uh, and WrestleMania weekend. So uh, it remains to be seen. Lots of stuff going into Monday Night Raw. So who knows how everything's going to play out. Um, it's interesting with all the stuff in the Unified Champion uh, being crowned last night, and that's really important historically in the WWE. For me, going into Raw, I, I, I am most curious about uh, what's going to happen with the Shield? And I'm curious how that's going to unfold this evening. I'm curious, Dave, out of what you've seen uh, last night going into tonight's Raw, 
Uh, is there one storyline you're you're curious or most curious about seeing develop tonight? Um, where the where the champion, you know, the the new world WWE World Heavyweight Champion goes forward. Uh, I, I'm I'm kind of curious if we're going to see a new challenger step up tonight. Um, that's what I'm kind of looking forward to most. And if we're going to see, you know, Randy Orton finally get that stamp of approval from the authority and and you know, you're our guy and we have faith in you and, you know, you're the face of the WWE. I'm kind of looking forward to how that's going to play out. And um, the Shield stuff I'm looking forward to as well. Um, I mean, overall, last night's show was good. Planted some seeds. Hashtag planted some seeds, by the way. I can't forget the hashtag that because we're trying to get that some bitch trending. And, uh, you know, going forward, I think some pretty important stuff from last night going into tonight is going to, you know, lead us into um, 2014 and WrestleMania season. And pretty important stuff right here on the Ken Reedy Show. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in, supporting us. We we love the fact you guys support us and call in. Uh, remember, next week we'll be back. We're going to go the full two hours a very on a very special The Ken Reedy Show. Uh, it'll be our end-of-year awards. So uh, we're going to look back on 2013, give out a, a mess of awards. As I said, we're going to do our damnedest trying to book some guests over the course of this week to uh, personally give give those awards. So uh, we're going to be closing up voting at the end of tonight. Once midnight rolls around tonight, balloting will be closed. If you need to do some last-minute campaigning, if you don't think your guy has the sufficient amount of votes to win this category, then you got to get on your horse right now. Lots of races are still very close, so... Few votes here and there could change the whole complexion, but we're going to do our end of the year awards show next Monday from 6 to 8 p.m. That's December 23rd. So be sure to come on over, check that out next week. Uh, looking forward to Monday Night Raw tonight. Uh, lots of stuff swirling, and it's amazing as we end 2013 and look back on 2013. We are screaming ahead into 2014. It's been a great night. Glad to talk wrestling with all you guys. For, I always get distracted by the lady counting me down. Anyway, for Dave, I am Ken. Thank you all for tuning in. Enjoy Monday Night Raw. See you next week. Take care, everybody.